There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. When I stumbled across my next guest, I had equal measures of intrigue and curiosity and knew we definitely had to chat. In what seems to be an ongoing trend, the global connections created through the ethical evolution are abundantly strong, and this one did not buck the trend. Deb Matlock is a shamanic spirit guide and animal communicator and guides people on their life and spiritual journey using nature and nurture. Deb is based in Colorado, USA, and is deeply involved in environmental education. My dogs, Lola and Louie, happen to be a part of this episode, and were in the studio, so no doubt you'll hear them in the background, but Lola made an appearance, saying hi to Deb. Uh, she's no stranger to a Zoom call, and just looked directly at her at the screen. So, uh, look, I found my time with Deb so nourishing, like a big, warm hug. So... I hope you pick up on some of that too. Welcome, Deb, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. And uh, when I checked you out, I was super curious to learn everything about what you do. So it's a bit of a no-brainer that you're here. Um, So can you tell us what it is that you do and your background? Absolutely. You know, my background is I've been in environmental education for for about 25 years. And paralleling that, I've had um, a deep interest in developing my spiritual path. And as a child growing up, I felt like communicating with nature and animals and the world of spirit just felt like a natural sort of thing. And then what's happened in my career path so far is that those things have merged together. The environmental education and the nature connection work and the spiritual work and living within sort of an idea of an animate world has just kind of ballooned into what I do today, which I call nature-based spiritual arts. So um, that's just kind of an umbrella phrase for all of that. So I'm also a doctoral student. So (laughs) (laughs) you, you, you do everything basically. Um, so, um, so you're an animal communicator, you're a shamanic coach Um, Do you want to fill me in on what you do in those areas? Absolutely. Yeah, I work as a shamanic practitioner. And so in that that regard, I work um, with folks, whether they're clients coming to me for um, spiritual counseling and guidance, or I'm working with people who are wanting to develop those skills themselves. And we're basically connecting with the world of spirit for the purpose of seeking guidance and I really like to say always looking for the highest good and how can we, how can we ask questions? How can we be open to the highest good and what we can then offer to the world around us? 
And the animal communication work I do is quite similar. Actually, I would call it shamanic style animal communication, where it's a same process, talking to the spirit helpers, talking to the spirit of the animal, and um, looking for guidance about how we can help. A lot of that work falls in the realm of helping animals get through certain situations or um, helping people at end of life with their animal companions and things like that. So. Mm. And I was just saying to you off air, I've got uh, my two dogs in the studio, uh, Lola and Louie are sitting under the desk here at the moment. Um, and I know, uh, particularly Lola, she's a Fox Terrier Chihuahua cross and uh, she and I have been together for nine years and there's no connection like it, like we we talk to each other <laughs> um, and, yeah, we, we get each other. I find with some animals that that connection is, is like, indescribable. I would agree. I think our, our connection with our animal companions can, can sometimes be the most profound or one of the most profound in our lives. And when we allow ourselves to be really open to that and open to all the levels of our relationship, I think it can just be such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, I know for me, that's true as well. I, I was, every time I adopt an animal, I always feel like we're, we're kind of rescuing each other a little bit, you know, because there's always so much that um, I get from the relationship, you know, just having their presence in my life. And, and no doubt uh, you would do a lot of uh, energy work as well. So with, with their energy, I mean, no doubt they can, they can pick up uh, our energy and how we're feeling. Uh, we can do the same with them. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I think that's one of the, um, when I talk about animal communication, I like to talk about there's all these gazillions of ways for us to do it. And one of the ways I think is through this energetic conversation. Mm. You know, if, if I'm if I'm sad or stressed out about something, my animals are very aware of that. Yeah. And, and likewise, if they're kind of going crazy and, and bouncing off the walls and, you know, like before a walk, for example, the yeah. dogs just go insane. If I come very calmly and say, okay, everybody, I'll calm down and get our leashes on. You know, they'll follow my energy, you know, at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least long enough to get the leash on, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful way that we can have these interspecies conversations across all kinds of boundaries. I think it works for people too, and we don't speak the same language. There's so much we can do with communication with just our gestures and our energy. Exactly, exactly true. Um, so if um, someone was wanting to have a, a greater connection um, with, with their pet, um, what, what kind of things would you recommend that they do? Well, that is such a great question. I think there's a few things. One is, is the first thing we can do with our animal companions is say, okay, I'm going to look at today or this hour through their eyes. Like I'm going to take my dog for a walk and I'm going to say, all right, what is my dog really seeing? And I'm not going to worry about what's on my smartphone or who I'm talking to, but I'm going to really pay attention to their world and what they notice and what gets their ears to pick up and what gets their nose to the ground, you know, all those things. And I think we can extend that to our interactions with them all the time. It's just, how can I understand their experience here? then be an advocate for them or, or help them if they're feeling stressed you know and that's a great starting place because I think when we do that kind of thing we start to realize um, where our worlds really connect with theirs and then also where we really are different cultures sometimes trying to live together mm. and, and in a human world you know we're asking a lot of our animal companions to come into our human worlds and behave by our norms and and so I think if we take their perspective a little bit more consciously it can be really eye-opening 
Yeah, and I think um, you know, particularly this year with the pandemic, I think uh, our, our pets have been the heroes because uh, we've been working at home, and um, they've been loving it because we've been here. Um, and I, I, I said, and it wasn't a joke, um, that when we you know go back to the office, it's going to be like, what about the pets? <laughs> you know. I think that's a really important question, you know, because it, it's been a big adjustment. And if all of a sudden a dog or a cat, you know, used to have people home all day long and then nobody's there. Mm. Um, I love that you bring that up. I think that's a very serious place we should be really looking. We would want to help them ease that transition if we have to do that again. Mm. And maybe even question, how can we make it different for them? You know, maybe even say, what are my options? You know, I'm kind of hoping some of the work at home options will remain for some people, you know, like cause a lot of people I've talked to who are loving that and loving being with their companion animals more because of it. So maybe that'll be one of the shifts that we can make after this pandemic is a little bit more flexibility around that. Yeah, totally. Hope. Yeah. I've, um, cause I, I'm actually, uh, part-time at home now and so the days that I'm not here they notice it they truly notice it and when I come home it's like where have you been um so there's a there's a a kind of a separation anxiety that they go through when when you're not there after so long I've noticed that with my own animals as well you know even if I go out to run errands and I'm gone for a few hours Mm. I, I come back and their their entire you know you know, energy is, is super different. I think they're used to they're used to you know having the companionship of, of somebody here. I've uh, I've just brought Lola up uh, to introduce you to her. <laughs> She's used oh, to Zooms. She is precious, absolutely. She's used to Zooms, so um, she uh, will quite often uh, interrupt my Zooms and my meetings, and uh, we'll just uh, pop on in, and uh, we'll probably bring an item of clothing in to uh, get my attention <laughs> while I'm in a meeting. And, uh, yeah, she's like, uh, what about me? So she's a little attention grabber, this one. Um, but, um, yeah, you can see, you can just see that energy in her, can't you? Oh, and that's, she's so sweet. And I love what you're saying. She's like, okay, my person has been on Zoom too long. Yes. It's time for me to, I've got to step in here. I've got to do an intervention. <laughs> and she's quite content to just be part of the conversation. She just, yeah. Anyway, oh, I'll, a sweetheart. <laughs> I'll let you go and I'll, I'll be <laughs> you, hey? Um So, yeah, I mean, so with the work that you do, um, what kind of uh, change have you helped to um, to bring forth for people? No, I, I love that question. You know, it makes me think a little bit. I think there's a few levels that I would like to say I hope has has happened for people. You know, one is I, I, I love when I work with people individually. I really – it's a – important piece to me to say helping people see that their experiences are number one that matter you know there's no guru in the world that says here's what spirituality is supposed to look like for somebody else you know Mm. it's more about saying what are we experiencing how do we make meaning around that how do we embody that for ourselves and and move forward from there I love that kind of empowerment idea around especially people's spiritual paths I've, I've met a lot of people over the years that come with a sense of having kind of lost their own faith in what they're experiencing. Mm. And then the other piece of it, I think, um, is is to open our eyes to the sacredness of our connections with the wild world around us, the animals we live with, just all of life, just seeing, you know, every ant outside of our door, 
you know, as, as part of our community, as part of our neighborhood, you know, as part of our, our family, you know, and seeing our companion animals in a way that we really understand them as individuals with their own paths. And, you know, if I can make one little bit of difference in the world that would be to recognize that our communities are human and also the more than human world. Yeah, so really, true. Really yeah. feel that, yeah. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it's interesting that you bring that up as well because um, I know uh, through a lot of the work that I've been doing through sound healing, um, uh, we've been doing um, a series recently where we're, we're connecting with trees. So, um, you know, um and and all of the the mystical kind of connections and energetic connections that we have with plants, you know, um, where um, you know my, my sound healer always says, you know, go out into your yard and and give love to the plants. So I, I did this, I did this right in these two particular trees, and within days they were in bloom with the, the most amazing flowers you've ever seen. So by giving love back to the earth, it gives it back to us. Oh, I love that story. I think that just gave me chills when you said that. I could feel my heart kind of, um, <laughs> absolutely, you know, and, and you know, we, how often do we walk right by the tree at the end of our driveway or, or by our office building and not really notice that mm. there's this living being right here you know, in this whole big crazy world and this whole universe, here you are in the same place with the tree, you know, and I, I, I love that. And I think that, that kind of going back to our energy conversation a minute ago, yeah, that love energy, you know, I mean, it's a beautiful way of communicating across our species boundaries for sure. Yeah, and I think and and that no doubt comes back to your your shamanic roots there where um you know, connecting with the earth um and and every being on it. Um I think we um quite often don't stop and notice like you say the community or the ecosystem that sits around us. That's so true. And in fact, I remember several years ago, I was sitting in a presentation um, in Boulder, Colorado, near where I live. Um, and I heard people a couple of rows behind me talking about how they were feeling like they needed to have a spiritual experience. And so they were trying to plan time to leave, go somewhere. Mm. I don't remember where they were planning to go. I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, you know, certainly we can go places and visit and have amazing experiences. But what about the amazing world? right where we are. Mm. You know, I think like the plant growing in the crack in the asphalt in a parking lot is pretty impressive and, and amazingly you know, sacred. And I remember my heart just kind of broke hearing them talk about how they needed to get out, go find a connection to nature that felt like a spiritual connection. Mm. That actually was a moment that really started to fuel my work. I thought, okay, I really want to focus on, on place connection and where we are and finding our own, each of us, our own unique sense of what that sacredness means. Mm. You know, whether it's the tree in your backyard or the ant outside the door, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you know, with with how we've been locked down this year, we need to do that, don't we? You know, I think so, and I, I also have noticed, I think, an increased interest in it. Mm. If I've really found since the pandemic hit that I've seen a, a change in my own community people spending more time outside, more dogs going for walks, you know, more, more kids playing in ditches in the park, you know, and it's, it's been really beautiful. And I've also heard from clients and people I work with, uh, it's like a, a deep yearning, to just really understand where we are and who else is there with us. Yeah. And I guess, you know, through all the conversations I've had this year, of which there have been many, um, one of the themes, or I guess if we were to wrap 2020 up in, 
a bow, it would be um, that we've found what matters. Oh, that is, you know, can I just say thank you for saying that? Because <laughs> I keep, I think everything I hear about 2020, people call it a dumpster fire. Yeah. And, and yes, it's been an incredibly challenging year, but I, I really love what you just kind of talk about wrapping it up with a bow and, you know, because we are living through it. And, and those of us that are still here from this pandemic are living through it, I should say. And we do need to find what are we learning and what are the gifts and what can we take forward from it? You know, um, even as hopefully some of it we leave behind, some of it mm. hopefully we can open it back up and become, you know, more interactive. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful image is what can we learn from this incredibly challenging time that we're having? Yeah, it's so true. And I, I, I would be really challenged to find someone who has not been touched by this and has not changed in some way. And yeah, for good totally and bad. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> for good and bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I do nature connection work for a living and I can say that this experience has changed my experience of my, my own nature connection practice and, mm. um, and having to lean into it more when I, I felt like everything was going crazy back in March when here in uh, the States, we started to really close down and it was very disorienting and very stressful. And I remember thinking, I'm just, I need to see going outside and seeing the birds doing their regular springtime activities and the flowers. It was just such a comfort. It's like, okay, there are some, there are some natural rhythms that are still intact. And that's also interesting, you know, like when, when uh, everybody went into lockdown, particularly in Europe, um, you know, we saw how the environment bounced back. Um, you know, the world could breathe again, the waters started to clear and the smog started to lift and we could see things we hadn't seen in a long time. It was almost like the planet went, mm, you guys go get sick and I'll go get better. <laughs> yeah, we're going to lock all of you up for a while and we're going to have, yeah. <laughs> and I think as a result, our opportunities for these relationships, you know, really see the animals we've been living around that might have only come out at night or mm. maybe weren't coming into our cities in certain ways. You know, it's a, a beautiful reminder that it's our community as humans and also a whole bunch of other beings. Yeah, and and we're really, I guess, uh, in one of a better way of saying it, we're kind of in the way of, of, of nature, I guess. I think we can make that choice and we mm. could also choose the other piece was to say, okay, I'm going to honour, I am a piece of this and mm. I'm going to be in this web in a really humble way and I can, I'm going to say, what can I what can I do to contribute and minimize my footprint? And um, how can I be here in some way that adds to the life around me instead of simply taking from it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Um, now in the spiritual work that you do, um, no doubt you'd face some challenges with, with the different people that you work with. What would you say is your greatest challenge and how do you overcome it? I think the, greatest challenge I've experienced with with folks in that arena has been helping them see that their experiences are so valid. Mm. I mean, I can't count the number of people who I've met with who had meaningful experiences of one kind or another. And, you know, the cultural voices or the familial voices or our inner critic steps in there to say, you didn't really share your, you know, a conversation with that tree. Come on, you know, and all these things that it's almost like an automatic response. I mean, I've experienced it too. I, you know, sometimes it still kicks in, mm. you know, that those are strong forces. And I think that is a real challenge is sometimes it's just saying, all right, we have to, we have to say, all right, that's one part of our life, but 
these experiences we have and these vibrant relationships with each other, with animals, with places where we are, um, these really are, I, I, it's amazing. That is sometimes is a huge challenge and people want to go there. Otherwise they probably aren't coming to a workshop or something. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff we have to crawl through sometimes to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting once you do get to a, a kind of a comfort zone, I guess, um, in in that spiritual realm and you experience things and want to share those with others, if if they don't get it and you're trying to share that, um, it can be a little bit confronting for them and I know <laughs> I know my dad uh, is, is not a believer and uh, he thinks I'm in some kind of cult or something, but uh, you know, it's those. I, I think for me, um, that that can be a challenge too, because people just don't understand how profound this can be. Oh, that is so true, and I think uh, I find myself often saying to folks, especially if they're going through some pretty profound things that they're processing too. You know, choosing carefully who to share it with. Mm. Which you know, sometimes we share widely, and it's just like it out there. I mean, that's something I've had to kind of work on for my own work is just say, get more and more comfortable with what I share because of what you just said. You know, mm. I've had enough experiences early on in life that I said, oh, don't share anything that's personal or deeply meaningful. Um, you know, and that's, that's a place of sometimes having to push our edges and also sometimes saying, you know what, I'm not sharing that with this person because I know they're not going to, yeah. it's going to be wasted time. Yeah. So true, so true. Yeah, so I think, you know, if if you can find that space where you're comfortable um, and, and, and have your people that you can share that with, it is so valuable um, to share that experience. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to ask you this one, Deb. Can you define for me what being ethical means to you? Yeah, I think couple things that come to mind one is a question like that I feel like is one to live forever so I love that you're asking that because I think it's one to keep asking ourselves you know as we grow and change but for right now the way I would answer that is I think being ethical means to the best of our abilities to consider all viewpoints not just humans not just our own you know so whether we're dealing with human issues of, of race or diversity or conflicting opinions or we're dealing with um decisions in our communities about what to do with a, a, a wetland area or something, you know, to really try to consider all the viewpoints that we can is a really ethical, what I would consider ethical. And then on top of that, acting from our heart and our own personal integrity, I think has to be a part of it, at least in my own understanding and definition of that. It's, it's like, I can't go against what my heart is telling me. Even if the entire room of people that I'm talking to are really angry about it, yep. you know, being eth- you know being ethical means I've got to stand here in this integrity and say I can't go against my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I love having this conversation with people because there is no wrong answer. Like right. whatever your answer is, it's not wrong, but it makes you think. Like, am I being ethical? Am I am I you know being true to me? Um, so I just love that question because no matter what you say, it's never wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we can live it like, you know, that's a question that can guide us. Yeah. Keep asking that kind of question. We're going to, we're going to keep ourselves focused on really developing that and really living that, which, I mean, I love that you asked it. I'm in my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, really for someone like me, you know, like, uh, with, with, uh, an agency, ethical change agency, you've really got to stop and take a look at yourself and go, 
is that kosher? Should I be doing that? Um, and even right down to every choice you make, I think, um, you know, it's it's just an awareness. It's a true awareness of everything you do. Um, that's that's what it means I, I for think, me. Yeah, and I, I love that awareness of everything. I, I, I would agree. I feel like in the work that I do, I have to constantly be saying, it's the way that I'm showing up, the way that I'm interacting with this person or this place or this being, is it ethical? Mm. And and always being aware of that. Uh, is, I mean, it's part of I think personally responsible. It's a really profound question. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, Deb, do you do workshops and, and, and things like that with people? How do you, how do you normally operate? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of one on one work, and I also do workshops in. Um, well, until this year, I did a lot of in person outdoor based workshops, which I hope will be coming back on, you know, into the world again next maybe spring or summer. Um, and I also do virtual workshops, which I was starting to sort of focus on. And then, of course, with this pandemic, I thought, oh, I'm going to learn a lot about doing these. And uh, it's been really fun to do nature connection workshops with people from all over the place mm. coming together and sharing about where they are. So it's been a, a learning curve, but an exciting one. So I really love doing, you know, my roots were in education. And so doing workshops is something that's near to my heart as well. So do you do like a, a bit of a video share type thing and they, they, they share their environment with you? Is that, is that how that works virtually? You know, I, I did um, a couple workshops uh, where it was really fun. We kind of split the day where we met in Zoom in the morning. And then we all went out for about three hours into our places and had you know had gave people activities and some suggestions for things and then we came back and then we shared and people brought back pictures and stories from where they were um and it was just, it was just lovely people from different countries different states you know um different time zones some people it was really early and some people it was you know yeah. being later in the afternoon and it was just a beautiful kind of bringing together of all the different places on the planet and i decided then and there that pandemic aside i'm going to keep doing that because it was just really lovely well, it just brings people together, doesn't it? And, oh, my gosh, that aligns with the mission of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, and, and bringing people together and sharing our places was also so – it was just like we got to see pictures of a forest in Canada and somebody who was in Southern California and somebody who was in, I think, uh, UK somewhere and, you know, and just realising how much more we all have in common than not. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, regardless of where we are and what time it is and all that kind of stuff, I think. Um, yeah. I think the other cool thing, and I often have this conversation with people and it really became more obvious when, when the pandemic set in, is that um, I guess what bubbled up for me was um, what you do today impacts my tomorrow. So we're all on this one planet together um, and we could see very visually through this pandemic, how one person's actions can affect many. Yeah, and we can see so tangibly how deeply connected. Mm. You know, it's like I actually felt a little bit humbled. I thought I've been talking about nature connection for decades. I have never seen or experienced it the way that the pandemic has, has brought it so alive that no matter where in the world, no matter gender, no matter race, I mean, you know, where the disparity is coming in, and of course, if people are living in close quarters and can't separate no, but biologically speaking, this is really showing us our commonalities and our connections. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. in really profound ways, I think. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I think that what you're doing there, that, that is so incredible to bring people together and, and, and that connection with nature, not just locally but globally, I think is is so beautiful and I think it would be amazing to be a part of. Um, so what what's ahead for you? What What's your plans at the moment? What are you working on? I am working on, um, right now I'm at the final stages of a dissertation where I'm looking at people's stories of their interspecies communication. And my my interest in that is to bring these stories of this more than human connection alive and to start trying to help pull some of these out of the shadows a little bit. I found over the years that I'll do a presentation or a workshop and somebody will pull me aside and whisper in the corner about some amazing experience they've had with a non-human being, but they don't want to share too widely or they can't share too widely professionally, maybe, yeah. you know, what I really want to do is, is some little piece of, of bringing some of these stories out and saying, Hey, this is not weird. This is not woo-woo stuff that is to be discredited. This is a profound part of, of how we all are on this planet in whatever way that does or doesn't happen. Um, it's valuable. And so that's a project I'm trying to finish up hopefully by the middle of next year. And then, um, you know, that'll feed its way. NRD is feeding its way into the work that I'm offering as well. That's fascinating. I'd love to see the other side of that. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Deb, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? I would love to connect with folks and, and you are welcome to go to my website, which is wild-rhythms.com. Um, I've also got a Facebook group, which is a, a really lovely environment where we're focusing on sacred connection between earth animals and spirit. And that's at facebook.com slash groups slash sacred connection. Mm-hmm. I would welcome anybody to come join in there. It's it's a fun, um, really lovely, polite. It's been really, <laughs> you know, it's showed me that we can actually come together and it's been a really great experience so far. So. That's awesome. And yeah. so if people want to do, um, you know, uh, virtual or remote kind of um, sessions with you, they can they can do that? Absolutely. I uh, My individual work is largely um, remote. So I work with people from different countries. We, we work on the phone or we figure out Skype or whatever works best for wherever somebody is. Yep. And, um, and then also um, I do workshops. And like I said, I'm going to continue offering virtual workshops as well. And kind of find those in different time zones to try to accommodate as many different places. Um, so I would love to connect with folks those ways, but always feel free just to reach out if people just want to talk shop about this kind of stuff. Do it. It's, I'm always happy to chat. So Awesome. Now, Deb, I've got the f- last final big question for you. Are you ready? Is it big I'm ready. <laughs> <clears throat> What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I so very deeply want to see a world that, that where people live from a place of compassion and empathy all of life, that we value the voices of not only our fellow humans, but also the more than human world. And that from that place, then we ask ourselves, what do we do? How do we act? What is our, our next best step? You know, that's the world that I am uh, going to work towards until my very last breath in, in one way or another. And I think if are interested in that, I think what we do is we start with right outside of our doors or the animals in our home and just say, how do I, how do I see you differently? How do I invite your perspective into the world that I live in? How do I decenter myself a little bit 
know, as an individual? Um, and how do I get to know my community as, as humans and also the more than human world? Love it. Absolutely love it. So that real holistic connection. Yeah. Mm. And it's right at our fingertips. It doesn't have to cost money. It's, it's literally right at our fingertips, wherever we are in the world. There's life around us and, you know, just waiting for a deeper relationship to form. So, yeah, I love it. Um, Deb, seriously, there's got to be more people like you in this world. Um, and I thank you so much for being a part of the ethical evolution. And I, I'm deeply honored by this invitation on this podcast. And I, I so love what you're doing. And it's, it's exactly what the world needs. And so thank you very much as well. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.